1: We're coming to the end of the first month of the New Year, at least the Gregorian calendar. And you're thinking to yourself, boy, am I off to a bad start. A dozen resolutions, and none of them moving forward. But don't worry, it's not too late to get the ball rolling, or to get back on track. I'm Kintan Pastrana, and in this Lunar New Year episode of Life Sentences, we'll read two poems from the sage Wendell Berry, the heir to Robert Frost. Hopefully, these two pieces of literature will point us to a timely remedy to what ails us in this day and age, and whenever we choose to apply them. Now, I myself have taken a few giant steps backward this early in 2020. Bad decisions on food, company, and money, and life in general, That gives you that same niggling feeling that you're off to another year, where, as the French like to say, plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. The more things change, or at least that you want them to, the more things stay the same. The dawn of a new year often comes with a pressure to make changes in one's life. But as many of us experience, we're not always successful in making it happen. Now our guest today is here to help us understand where this pressure is coming from.
0: I am Professor Nestor Castro. I'm a cultural anthropologist at the University of the Philippines.
1: Welcome to Life Sentences, Nestor. As I was saying, many of us are bent on making New Year's resolutions every year. It's like a tradition.
0: Well, according to historical sources, the Babylonians were the first to invent the concept of New Year's resolutions. It was more on a ritual level. So they did that to invoke on the gods, the spirits, that for the new year, uh, this is my sacrifice. This is what I intend to do. So it was not a secular thing. It was not also a personal thing. So it was a community activity. Uh, For example, if they uh, experience famine... Oh, from now on, this is what we will do to repent so that this disaster won't happen again. But in the Philippines, we don't really know when it uh, entered the, the country. But uh, from one song during the 1930s, Ang Pasko Ay Sumapit it says bagong taon ay magbagong buhay ng lumigaya ang ating bayan so uh, there's already this concept of uh, for new year we want to change our life resolutions then we're not on a personal level but on a communal level what do you want to change in your society in your country so probably it was introduced to us during the the american period we don't have an indigenous term of new year's resolutions so we say ang new year's resolution ko ay
1: now the new year's resolutions you're describing seem very different from the ones most people make now
0: there has been a transition of New Year's resolutions from a ritual or sacred activity to a more secular one. Secondly, from a more communal activity to a personal one. According to experts, uh, this brought about difficulties in fulfilling the promise. Because if it's a communal promise then you could help one another in attaining that goal but if it's something personal so there are no checks and balances if you can't do do it then i could do it the next year it has something to do with the concept of modernization where according to sociologists the definition of modernity is when individual choices become more important than community choices probably your friends know know about your resolution your family your classmates but that's just it but now in the day and age of social media people tend to post and announce their resolution to the public even if it's uh it's something that is very personal people tend to emulate what they read Uh, so uh, I'll also do that. So it became a fad having a New Year's resolution.
1: It's like FOMO, or the fear of missing out, kicking in. A special kind of anxiety that ails this millennial and post-millennial world. Now one can argue there's also a certain kind of narcissism, a techno-narcissism so to speak, that banal itch to post every bit of our lives online and to capture selfies at any God-given moment. None of us are immune to this, I would say. But here's a cautionary tale by Wendell Berry that calls our attention to all this frailty. It's called The Vacation. Once there was a man who filmed his vacation. He went flying down the river in his boat with his video camera to his eye making a moving picture of the moving river upon which his sleek boat moved swiftly toward the end of his vacation. He showed his vacation to his camera, which pictured it, preserving it forever. The river, the trees, the sky, the light, the bow of his rushing boat behind which he stood with his camera preserving his vacation, even as he was having it, so that after he had it, He would still have it. It would be there. With a flick of a switch, there it would be. But he would not be in it. He would never be in it. Substitute video camera for smartphone, and this speaks for itself. And it's a close look at what happens when moths come close to the flame of a candle that has lit the bonfire of the vanities. Uh, they want to be satisfied
0: with the reactions of the public. So they, they are happy if there are more likes, uh, hearts in, in what they post. So that is their measurement of a good post. And for them, this is really something that is helpful to them. So it's really deriving satisfaction from what they do. If they post, uh, I would go on a diet, go to the gym, and then when they post pictures... People would say, what happened to your New Year's resolution? You look the same. You're even more fat than before. So so this is where the, the tension happens.
1: And perhaps that is a kind of tension that's often swept under the rug. But wouldn't posting resolutions on a public space like social media make a person more accountable to it? There's
0: no real study at present about uh, New Year's resolutions in social media so but um based on observation so i wouldn't have empirical data people would post uh, new year's resolutions prior to the new year usually in in december and of course there there would be comments some supportive of your resolution others uh bashing you about your resolution saying, ah, lang lang yan sa pansin. It's very interesting to study what are the modern perceptions about New Year's resolutions, how has it changed as compared to the past, and then how it is reinforced. But it is very rare that you will see uh, a post of whether they have done it or
1: not. Probably because they have not achieved it. Now, how do you think people can finally make their New Year's resolutions work?
0: First of all, uh, setting targets in a more realistic manner. Uh, a resolution like, I will get rich by by, by the New Year is probably unattainable. <laughs> but if the resolution is more realistic, then they could easily do it. Secondly, if there's... A, a a real uh, group that could help that individual in attaining that New Year's resolution for example uh, they say uh, every week I will go to the gym and then somebody else reads it and volunteers why don't we go together then probably it's more attainable than doing it on your own it's going back to to a more collective activity Mm -hmm.
1: It's like a call to action. Do this with me, duba. In the real world, not the virtual online one. Aside from the oversharing culture prevalent now in social media, there's another malaise that separates the young and the old generations. The notion of monetizing your hobbies. So for the older generation, when you
0: are young, you're not expected to earn money. If ever you are working, quote unquote, that is just, helping your parents for the older generation the concept of a hobby is like a leisure activity like when i was young i was collecting stamps collecting coins uh there was personal satisfaction from that hobby but for the younger generation now is yes you derive personal satisfaction but on top of it you earn something from it. So you collect stamps, and then later on, you sell them online, and then you earn something from it. They want to stand on their own. They don't want to rely on their parents. Unfortunately, our life now is more uh,
1: market-oriented, more capitalistic. Thanks for that. Now, here's Wendell Berry's The Mad Farmer Liberation Front. For a poetic insight on how to truly live your life. The Mad Farmer Liberation Front. Love the quick profit, the annual raise, vacation with pay. Want more of everything ready made. Be afraid to know your neighbors and to die. And then you will have a window in your head. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore your mind will be punched in a card and shut away in a little drawer when they want you to buy something they will call you when they want you to die for profit they will let you know so friends every day do something that won't compute love the lord love the world Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Denounce the government and embrace the flag. Hope to live in that free republic for which it stands. Give your approval to all you cannot understand. Praise ignorance, for what man has not encountered, he has not yet destroyed. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the millennium. Plant sequoias. Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant, that you will not live to harvest. Say that the leaves are harvested when they have rotted into the mold. Call that profit. Prophesy such returns. Put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousand years. Listen to carrion. Put your ear close and hear the faint chattering of the songs that are to come. Expect the end of the world. Laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful, though you have considered all the facts. So long as women do not go cheap for power, please women more than men. Ask yourself, will this satisfy a woman satisfied to bear a child? Will this disturb the sleep of a woman near to giving birth? Go with your love to the fields. Lie down in the shade. Rest your head in her lap. Swear allegiance to what is nighest in your thoughts. As soon as the generous and the politicos can predict the motions of your mind, lose it. Leave it as a sign to mark the false trail, the way you didn't go. Be like the fox who makes more tracks than necessary, some in the wrong direction. Practice resurrection. And that's it for this new New Year's episode of Life Sentences. If you'd like to hear more of these or have suggestions on how we can improve or what we should feature next, drop us an email at ph at gmail.com. We'll dive into your favorite passages of poetry, fiction, speeches, films, or essays. You could also reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LifeSent. This episode was produced by Janina Bagundayo. It was put together by Nico Bolante. Life Sentences is a co-production with Puma Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.